morning and welcome to Shouts of Grace. I'm excited to get into it here this morning. Today is, we're continuing with our 10 lessons and we're on lesson number four. And I hope that you've been learning a lot. These are our 10 lessons that I learned in my life, in my my 20s. Uh, and I, I mean, maybe some of them might have been a little bit before then, but it's it, it's that concept there that I that I learned them uh, at least early on in life. And, and, and this is an important 10 lessons for you to have. And number four is extremely important. It's that you will not magically become the person that you want to be. You will not magically become the person that you want to be. And I believe this was important, not just in my life, but I believe it's important in everyone's life to really learn this. And it's a lesson that you need to be reminded of, uh, you know, often, maybe not, well, probably on a daily basis in in at least the principles that we're going to get into today. But this is really something that you need to be reminded of perhaps every phase of life because it's an easy lesson to forget. Maybe you've had success in this lesson before and you're struggling with it now, but this is something that can come up with no matter what age you're at, um, you might need to hear this lesson. But before we get into that, we're going to get into Jonah chapter 3 uh, as we're going to continue our scripture reading and we're going to begin with verse 1 of Jonah chapter 3. Now the word of the Lord came to Jonah the second time, saying, Arise, go to Nineveh, that great city, and to preach to it the message that I tell you. So Jonah arose, he went to Nineveh according to the word of the Lord. Now Nineveh was an exceedingly great city, a three-day journey in extent, and Jonah began to enter the city on the first day's walk, and then he cried out and said, Yet forty days and Nineveh shall be overthrown. So the people of Nineveh believed God, proclaimed a fast, put on sackcloth from the greatest to the least of them. Then word came to the king of Nineveh, and he arose from his throne, and he laid aside his robe, covered himself with sackcloth and ashes, and he caused it to be proclaimed and published throughout Nineveh by the decree of the king and his nobles, saying, Let neither man nor beast nor herd nor flock taste anything. Do not let them eat or drink water, but let a man uh, and beast be covered with sackcloth and cry mightily to God. Yes, let everyone turn from his evil way and from the violence that is in his hand." Who can tell if God will turn and relent and turn away from his fierce anger so that we may not perish? Then God saw their works, that they turned from their evil way, and God relented from the disaster that he had said he would bring upon them, and he did not do it. Now, this is incredible. First of all, I mean, it is an incredible example of repentance that we see here, and God relenting because of repentance, and we see how important uh, repentance is in this passage. But I also want to just point out to you that this is really kind of goes right along with the lesson that we're going to be looking at, because it shouldn't be that you look at who you want to be so much as it should be that you should be seeing who God wants you to be. Now, Jonah kind of missed this. We're going to see that in the next chapter when Jonah goes and he, and he pouts and he kind of throws a fit there. We're going to see that tomorrow. But it it is something important as we see that Jonah did go and do what he was supposed to go and do. Jonah did go and finally proclaim this, and he didn't just magically become the person who God wanted him to be. He had to go and obey that. He had to go and to do something. And this is the lesson that I want us to see this morning. You will not magically become the person you want to be. You must intentionally 
and consistently be the person that you want to be, more accurately, who God wants you to be. Now, this really came about in my life specifically because I've always wanted to be, and this was something that I I always saw uh, as important, is I always wanted to be what I would call a a boots-on-the-ground type minister. In fact, uh, this was something that if you asked me in high school, I I recognized God's call to ministry in my life. Uh, in junior high, it, it, it was was one of those things. That's when I recognized that. But if you asked me in high school, uh, you know, it, are you going to be a pastor? I'd have said no. I'd have said no. I'm not going to be a pastor. God, God hasn't called me to be a pastor. I, I'm going to go be a missionary. See, pastors are are the sissies. They're the sissy girls of ministry. That's that's what I would have told you in high school if you'd have asked me that question. And, and it was this concept of missionaries. Well, they're people who are going to go out on the streets. There are people who are going to go and be evangelizing. There are people who are going to go and they're going to stand out and they're going to preach the word of God to people who need to hear it. They're not just going to go and to stay within a safe cathedral, but they're going to go and do something dangerous for God. That's the kind of person that that I want to be. Somebody who, if you're reading the book of Acts— They have a ministry that looks like the book of Acts. If you're reading the Gospels and you're seeing what Jesus did, that they're going out and they're doing that. I mean, Jesus went, and sure, when he went and he preached in the uh, in the temple or or you know in synagogues, if we're looking in the book of Acts and and the apostles, we're going and we're we're seeing that that they're preaching in places where there might be some agreement. But there's going to be some disagreement. There's going to be a, a debate. There's going to be a discussion over these things, and there's going to be a convincing of this. It's it's boots on the ground. Of course, then also the apostles and Jesus, they, they were preaching out in the streets as well, too, uh, in this kind of a thing. And that's the type of ministry, not necessarily exclusively just a street preacher, but that's one of the types of ministries that, that I wanted to go and to have. But where did I find myself for, well, probably close to the first five years of ministry? Well, it it, it wasn't going out onto the streets. It, it wasn't um, going and, and engaging in culture. It wasn't going and um, doing those kind of things with engaging with people, engaging in the culture. It, it was much more of the traditional sense of just preaching inside of a church building, and there's nothing wrong with that. I absolutely love preaching inside church buildings. I'm not trying to bash on any of that, but it was the idea that I wasn't who I wanted to be and who I knew God wanted me to be. And part of that that took was I had to repent of pietism, and that brought uh, this boots on the ground type ministry, not just in boots on the ground, but also it brought it within the church too, as that brought a lot of confrontation when you start preaching on politics. But before I get into the conclusion of that and how that looked, I'm going to try to weave this in and out as I explain this this Bible passage. I want to get into the verses that really changed my view on this and taught me this lesson. Now, if you listen to the last series uh, that we went through in Hebrews chapter 11, uh, this is going to be a familiar passage of Scripture to you because it's right from Hebrews chapter 11. But it was in preaching that series initially that it taught me this lesson 
is that you're not magically going to become the person that you want to be, but you must intentionally and consistently be the person that you want to be or more accurately who God wants you to be. And that's Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and also verse 6. And it says this, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And then verse 6 says this, But without faith it is impossible to please him, for he who comes to God must believe that he is, and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Now, as it relates to this idea, the first thing we need to understand is what is the biblical idea of faith? Well, it's the substance of things hoped for. That title or that deed of going and seeing God's promises and grasping them and then and letting them grasp you. And then it's the evidence of things not seen. It's really that idea of going and putting actions behind the belief that it's not just a mental ascent, but it's actually going and wanting, or not just wanting to do those things, but actually going and doing them, having the real evidences, having the real works, having the real proofs there. And, and this is it was an impactful concept to me, and I hope it was an impactful concept to you if you listen to that series on Hebrews chapter 11. But one of the places where it really impacted me was this idea of, I'm not going to be who God wants me to be magically. I have to actually put that there into practice. I have to put that into practice. But also in verse six, it says without faith, that faith that we just talked about, it's impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. So there is that idea of that mental ascent of belief and moral ascent still there too but then that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. There's a diligence that comes along with this as well. There's a diligence that comes along with this as well. And with these two concepts of this whole idea of evidences need to be there, and it's a title or a deed, you need to walk inside the promises that God gives, and you need to have the evidences and then also this idea of there's a diligence and that God's a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. But there's a diligence that needs to come with it. These are the ideas that really taught me this idea that I'm not magically the lesson, that I'm not magically going to become the person that I want to be. I must intentionally and consistently be the person that I want to be or that God wants me to be. And specifically when it came to this idea of the boots on the ground type ministry, that boots on the ground type ministry, I I mean, you can aspire to be a, uh, a, a street preacher, I guess would be the best way to put it, or that boots on the ground type preacher. But if you're not that boots on the ground type preacher, if you never go to the street, you're, you're never going to go and accomplish that. And so the first place where I repented was I started speaking on Christianity, started preaching on Christianity as impacting all areas of life, including our politics. And then that was one that was difficult for people. But then I didn't just preach it from the pulpit. I used my social media platform to go and to preach that, to go and to proclaim that. And, well, there weren't a whole lot of voices that were out there. And it was in about 20, 2015, 
that I started going and doing that. And I mean, started really going and proclaiming that. And through that, as I started diligently doing it, consistently, faithfully doing these things, well, what ended up happening was God started bringing people in my life who started giving me other opportunities. One of these people was Judd Saul. And if you've ever met Judd Saul, one thing you should know is that he's going to bring opportunity into your life. That is for certain. God has given him a gift for that. And I remember sitting down talking with Judd one day, and he starts telling me about Pride Fest that's going to come into town. Now, I, I was pretty naive, okay? I, I, I was young, naive. I didn't watch the news. I had no idea what was going on at this point in time. I, I had never even heard of such a thing. I was appalled of the idea. I was shocked at the idea uh, that there would be, you know, a festival celebrating homosexuality and all kinds of other sexual deviancies and that it would be coming to our town. And, and I looked at Judd and I remember asking him, well, well what? What are the what are the pastors going to do? I mean, I was a pastor. I said, "Well, what are the pastors going to do about it?" And he said, "Nothing. Absolutely nothing. They haven't in the last several years." And he goes, "You're a pastor. What are you going to do about it?" And this was the opportunity that God was bringing. I had the opportunity to be who God wanted me to be, and. What I ended up doing was going and holding a prayer meeting the day before at the place of this Pride Fest. And it got all kinds of attention there. And in this prayer meeting, there was some preaching that that went on. There were some interviews that, that came up out of this where I was able to proclaim God's word, proclaim the gospel of Jesus Christ, going to do that, but also call Cedar Valley to repentance at that point in time. And, and through that, God brought more and more and more opportunities into my life to where now I can tell you that I preached at the state house, uh, on the stairs of the state house uh, in Iowa. I, I've gone and I preached outside of, like I said, Pride Fest there that day before, but also then Pagan Pride Fest. We did the same thing when they came into town. We did it again for, for Pride Fest. Obviously, if you've listened to the podcast, you, you've heard that uh, me probably talk about preaching outside of Planned Parenthood because that's that's something that's that, that's been big in my life uh, of going in, and calling me to go into uh, to do that. Um, there have been all kinds of other things. Now, I don't know what God or who God is calling you to be. And I don't know necessarily who you want to be, but I can tell you one thing for certain. In my life, I've been able to live out the boots-on-the-ground type ministry. The boots-on-the-ground type ministry, and that's, to tell you the truth, that's what I've always wanted to be. That's what God has always called me to be. And it's been this idea of really engaging people, whether it's it's students uh, at, on a university, uh, engaging them in conversation, really getting them to think about their worldview and their morality, whether it's people outside of Planned Parenthood, really getting them to consider the gospel of Jesus Christ, whether it's—I've been in interviews. Um, in fact, it was the first interview. That I ever did. It, it was with a, a lady who is confused. She thinks she's a lesbian and, and she was an organizer of Pride Fest. And 
as we're doing this interview, and it was it was undoubtedly supposed to be a setup interview, but but I take her to to the test to my testimony, what God has brought me through, how God has saved me. And in the middle of this interview that was supposed to be a setup, she goes, I, you know, I disagree with you, but there's no doubt you're coming from a position of love. That's a rock in her shoe right there, a rock in her spiritual shoe that every time she takes a step, she's got to think about this. What in the world that this person I completely disagree with who I was ready to call a bigot and hateful and have this big setup thing. I'm calling him loving. Well, how does that work? Well, it's because you're walking in who God wants you to be. This is shouts of grace, right? God has works, good works for you to walk in. I'm not sure what they are. I, I, I can't tell you necessarily. First of all, I don't know who's all who's all listening, but but I can't specifically tell you right now what God has called you to do. But I know that there's a good chance. Well, I know for a fact God has called you to do something. And I know that there's probably a chance that you're not walking in that calling because most people don't walk in that calling. Most people have these ideas that they know that God has put these in their heart. They know God has called them to do something and they know it's there and they have this desire to do it. But they think that they're going to just magically become that someday by doing the same things over and over and over. You're never going to make it that way. You have to step out in faith. And what you have to do is you have to consistently be the person that God wants you to be. You have to walk in that calling. Let me put it in another way. Because maybe I started to learn this lesson a little bit before. In between, I've talked a little bit in this series um, about getting into full-time ministry, getting into vocational ministry. How did do? How did that happen? Because I, you know, I didn't go to Bible college. You know, how in the world did that happen? How did God move in that way? Well, after my internship, I went and I moved home, and I had no consistent prospect of preaching maybe any prospect of preaching or, or doing any ministry. And so what did I do initially? Well, I can tell you every single week, even when I didn't have a pulpit to preach in, I prepared a sermon. I prepared a sermon. Sermons I've never preached. I, I don't think I've preached any of those uh, ones in, in between that time, but I prepared sermons. Why? It's because... I knew God had called me to do this, to preach the word of God. And so I was going to diligently seek him. I was going to walk in that calling, even if I didn't see that opportunity to fruition. I was going to lay hold of the promises of God, grab the promises of God, know what God had called me to be and who God had called me to be, and I laid hold of them, and therefore those promises then laid hold of me, and I walked inside of them. That's biblical faith. That is right there. Faith is the substance of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. There was real evidences. There was real faith. Today, 
I know God is calling you to do something. You need to walk inside of that calling. You will not magically become the person you want to be. You won't. You must intentionally and consistently be the person that God wants you to be. Well, thank you for listening to Shouts of Grace today. And today we're going to depart by reading Joshua 1, 8 and 9. And it says this, This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate in it day and night, that you may observe to do according to all that is written in it, for then you'll make your way prosperous, and then you'll have good success. Have I not commanded you? Be strong and of good courage. Do not be afraid nor be dismayed, for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. We hold to the promise There's nothing we can't overcome So that war you've been fighting Will end in God's timing Sing like the battle's been won Then you feel it The song that is rising Then you can't help but let it out If you're trusting in faith Even now while you wait Has already begun. Know that God's up to something. A miracle's coming. Rejoice like it's all.